WPTF. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Making Your Home Great. Our telephone number if you want to be a part of the show. And who doesn't really? 919-860-9783. I'm Dave Alexander. Tim Ferruzzi with us uh, for this show. For, uh, sorry, two hours of talking about your home. And you can interrupt us in whatever topic we're talking about because it's your show hey dave uh, yeah and and we're we're what we're doing is we're trying to save people money yeah and show them how they can possibly do some of the things themselves how right. they can do it right uh by hiring the right professional when needed uh, yes. which in turn saves money exactly and there's one of these things where you know honestly if you think trying something yourself sometimes can get a little pricey if you ruin materials or whatever Go ahead and hire somebody who manages not to do it right the first time. That can get pricey because then you have to find somebody somebody else. One thing, Tim, that I've noticed on the show, and by the way, we're talking with Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing and Eagle Roofing, the commercial division. Uh, one of the things we found over the years, and I used to do a Sunday show where this was true uh, as much as over here, you get to hear from the contractor, and you learn the character of the individual. You honestly, Tim, cannot hide who you are on the radio. Because after you talk to people about jobs you've done and what you've helped people with, people learn a bit about you. You can't see that in a, I don't know, a newspaper ad or whatever. Um, so... So, Tim, the, this first hour is dedicated to, you and I are going to talk about, what, ceilings? Yeah, ceilings is the main topic, and as okay. you said, um, people can call in for anything regarding home improvements, roofing, yeah. gutters, uh, remodeling interior, and even, you know, commercial buildings. Very we'll, good. We'll talk about it. We know it. We'll talk about it. Good. In upcoming weeks, in fact, it's next week, Paula Fullerton from So Fine 2. And coming up November 4th, Walt Smith of Raleigh Mold. It's going to be a mold show. I think it's going to be good. If you haven't gone to his website, uh, the uh, RaleighMold.com, uh, you should go ahead and take just a look at the pictures and be, uh, be skeeved out. Anyway, uh, but that's coming up on November 4th. So talk to me about what we're talking about with ceilings. Well... You know, all of us have ceilings, and there's all types of different ceilings. A lot of what we have in our homes uh, nowadays is drywall, and it may either be a flat ceiling um, at an 8-foot height, yeah. or it could be a textured ceiling, which a lot of us refer to as popcorn-type ceiling. Yep. And, of course, then you can have a vaulted ceiling that may be the same material, which would not be eight foot tall. It would start at the edge of the outer wall and run up to a peak. That would be called a vaulted ceiling. And, um, you know, a lot of us may even have wood ceilings uh, yeah. in some of those vaulted situations. Maybe we have a log cabin or or a home that has a, a nice sunroom on it that maybe was done that way. Yeah. So... Ceilings is a big topic. Um, we can talk about maybe if you start seeing any spots on your ceiling, 
what that might uh, tell you and where is that and how how it can be repaired or we can talk about mold and bioaerosols which we run into as well and we're certified to do that kind of work um, and uh, we can talk about the moldings around it what it takes to paint the ceilings and so any yeah. of those questions out there feel free to call in and talk to us about it if you've got any issues maybe even in a particular room like a bathroom or a bedroom or a kitchen I've Dave, got the any- yeah I've got the popcorn ceiling throughout the entire downstairs and I have forgotten probably the upstairs also did they do that for a particular reason was it a stylistic choice or is there any advantage to a popcorn ceiling anyway well, it's stylistic, uh, but it's acoustical as well. Okay. You have better acoustics in rooms with those ceilings than you do in rooms with a, a smooth finish. Uh-huh. So you'll have more echoing um, when you have a flat drywall ceiling. Yeah. Um, the way the sound waves move. The texture product, of what that's comprised of, is inside of all those little speckles you see on your ceiling, um, it's usually a tiny styrofoam that's that's being used in the mixture of uh, of a compound to give you that. So that's where the acoustic part comes in. It it becomes, uh, I guess, something with the sound. It helps with the sound. So, yeah, we uh, uh, you know in radio stations, generally speaking, we're not big on um, drywall exposed for large areas. We right. we kind of we hang things in the studio where I am. We have a cloth acoustic right. panels, right. and it you know anything with texture is going to grab onto sound and prevent it from bouncing off. And in some places, you see uh, really complex acoustic panels in music studios. You see these foam things. I think that's what the popcorn is supposed yeah. to do, and it does make sense. Yeah, and. Um you see that commercial buildings and even some part people's houses have these suspended ceilings yeah. with those tiles and even the old style tile, which is like a one foot by one foot tile uh-huh. that is in some of the older homes that's stapled up there. And then, of course, the suspended ceilings, which you see in a lot of commercial settings or basements and things like that, right. where it's a laid in ceiling, some people call them. That helps with acoustics as well. Mm-hmm. Those are a little easier to service. That's why you see them in a lot of commercial buildings because there's usually a lot of wiring and plumbing and yeah. things of sort running up in there. And it's a less expensive way to to do things because you can suspend them with wires yep. and hang that whole grid system before you put in the tile and the insulation above it. And if you've ever seen the crews, and obviously... Tim has, but if you've ever seen the crews put in an acoustic ceiling in a large area, somewhere where they've got large spans and a, just a lot of room to work, they move fast. They yeah, get that. Using, yeah, well, go, go ahead. We're using lasers to mark our lines usually yeah. on the perimeter, and then, of course, we start laying out the, the outside rails and just filling it in. Yeah, I know some older buildings where the historic structures where they've gone ahead and hung ceilings in because they had a uh, they knew they had asbestos up there. Yeah. And it's really it's a, it sounds to me like a quick and easy remediation. You just prevent anybody from getting in contact with the asbestos because you just block it in. 
Yeah, you encapsulate it. Right, encapsulate it. Yep. Um, yep. All right, so this makes sense. Now, I'll tell you one thing. I have the popcorn seal. I also have the popcorn sealing dust. And I will give a Dave's tip. Now, <laughs> now I don't, I don't blame me if it doesn't work out for you as well as it did for me. Go ahead and get your blower, your leaf blower, the, ele- <laughs> the electric leaf blower, presumably. And you can just blow that lint right off those little those little particulates. You know what I mean? That you just take the that thing in. That would be a that would be a first. Yeah. But go ahead. Now listen, I started that and I said, this is good. And then I noticed the ceiling fans, right? And I said, Well, they're awful dusty too. Let's go. Okay, plan on dusting the rest of the room. But at least you won't have dust bunnies up on top of the popcorn ceiling. Dave, I think there's easier ways to do that. What is the easier way? I, I Probably all the women out there are probably pulling out their hair based on what you're just testing. What do you think? There's head. some sort of tool? Oh, well, what you need to do is get up on a stepladder and just take a, uh, a rag and some 409 or some Windex and uh, wipe off the fan blades. Yeah. And probably put a little bit of plastic down below or okay. or something to catch it as you're bringing it off, whatever it doesn't get caught in the rag. Yeah. And then what's on the ceiling, I would think you could take just one of these little fluffer things that some people use to dust and just kind of lightly touch it and have that sheet or plastic on the floor there around the ceiling fan where that stuff would usually accumulate. But um, not that what you're saying is not a bad idea. Oh, it's a great idea. <laughs> it's a great idea. It's a great idea. Listen, hang on. We, we've left Beverly in Chapel Hill hanging on for too long. Beverly, how are you? I'm <laughs> good. Good. Um, about the ceiling fans, I guess you should turn them, turn the fan off first, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> Beverly. No, no, Dave, he does, Dave doesn't do that. He, he wants the extra momentum. I want the extra. Well, I want the dust to fly to the outside corners of the room. I don't want it in the center. That'd be right. silly. All right, well, Beverly, what I else? probably would take a hair dryer. But hair dryer? Anyway, no, no. Um, what, I, what I was calling about is um, I have a small burn hole in my carpet, and I've read online that you put peroxide on it first, and I was wondering, you know, about that particular problem I have. And, Beverly, what do you eventually plan to do? What is step two after peroxide? Well, uh, it says to take a small pair of scissors uh-huh. and cut off the burn part. And yeah. I'm concerned about doing that because when I start cutting things, I don't measure once. And, you know, I, <laughs> you're supposed to yeah. cut one and measure twice. I don't seem to do well with cutting things. So I just wondered if there was a um, wow. better idea. No, I think that makes sense. I'm not sure what the peroxide is for. Maybe that contains the uh, the actual soot uh, from the burn. I'm not sure mm-hmm. what that's about. Mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, I've seen where people take a, a you know real tight pair of scissors and just cut off one or two or three little pieces of carpet, and that's all you really need to do, and, and that should do it. It depends on how bad the burn mark is. No, it's about the size of a quarter. Oh, wow, that's pretty big. Oh, that's pretty, very big. I don't big. know about that. Is that a cigar? Were you smoking a cigar? <laughs> Actually, uh, I don't think I was. That's my son. He likes cigars. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> All right, now let me d- guide you in one direction or another. 
right. You uh, are you a person uh, qualified to take a photograph of it and then send the photograph to somebody at their email address? No. No, can't do that. Okay, that's fine. I'm going to suggest that you call up John Raper at Floors to Go. Okay. And and the reason I say that is because step two, a quarter is an awfully large area to just trim off the the hair of the carpet. Right. You know what I'm saying? It might go down to the, you know, the actual. Oh, it does. Yeah. See, now this is where you need a surgeon. Well, you can, Dave. Yes. Sorry to interrupt, but cool. you can come in and cut out a small section of carpet yes. and um, and have it patched. It would be something like a foot by foot or two right. feet by two feet, as long as you have some of the uh, carpet or you take it from a closet or something. And yep. then, but then, of I've, course, if it's I've a high I've thought about doing that myself, but that would be too dangerous for me. I would just... <laughs> well, you need a prof- You'd need a professional to do that because yes. you want to make it look like it never happened. And if it's in a high traffic area, yep. then that's going to be a rough, a very hard thing because you'll have carpet that looks different I, to do the repair. Do you have, uh, is it in the middle of the room? No, it's right over to the side of it. Oh, that's good. Because my, it was in the middle. I was going to suggest just trying to rearrange your furniture so something is sitting there. <laughs> Well, I can do that. You can, can do that. Rug, I can put a scatter rug over top of it, but I wanted to fix it. I want you to call John Raper at Floors to Go because what Tim's talking about is exactly what I was hinting at. But you've yeah. got to have an expert. You need a carpet surgeon to I do this. I do. Okay? I believe I do. John Thank Raper you. and the entire Raper family, they can do that. All righty? Thank you, sir. Thank Beverly, thank you very much. Well, I was on that trail. I was on that trail. Tim Ferruzzi with Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. We are talking about ceilings, except when we're not. And if you want to call us and, you know, swap our topic topic out, call 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. News Radio 680 WPTF, making your home great. News Radio 680 WPTF. This is Making Your Home Great, where we take some time and talk about what you want to talk about. Honestly, 919-860-9783, your biggest investment, more or less, is your home. I don't know what you're driving, but, uh, you know, probably your biggest investment is your home. Make some good decisions with a little bit of help from Tim Ferruzzi. 919-860-9783. 9783. AccuWeather forecast sunshine clouds and a high near 79, overnight low 53. And then for tomorrow, again the high near 79, again sunshine and clouds and pleasant weather. By Monday, more humidity. Right now, 76. Real feel of 82. News Radio 680, WPTF. So, Tim, we're talking about uh, uh, ceilings. Ceilings, yep. Most and, of the uh, homes I've been in are they're popcorn or they're flat as a pancake, like you described. That is mm-hmm. just sheetrock drywall. Is there any other option in between there? Well, you have some of the textures from uh, and the older homes, mm-hmm. um, maybe historic homes where they come in and they do, you know, floss. So it's like a half uh, a half um, 
circular type of texture, and some of them are you see circular, um, you know, the old plaster ceilings. They yeah. did that in some cases, or maybe it was the new drywall of the age when it was um, going from pure plaster into the, the modern drywall phase. There was a, a an older drywall version uh-huh. um, that's kind of a mix. And uh, they would do that in, in certain applications. And, and, you know, lots of different designs. Sometimes it would be uh, broomed on, mm-hmm. uh, brushed on, and sometimes it would be like a real stipple instead of the texture that most of us are familiar with where they came in with a stipple and it kind of sticks down a little bit more. Uh-huh. So you see that in older homes. Um, and then, you know, they would do pedestals um, uh, right. around the um, uh, medallions type of, things around the ceiling fans or chandeliers. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and is that sort of uh, scraped into the uh, wet drywall or wet uh, uh, drywall mud? Well, in plaster, in plaster homes, yeah. old historic homes, a lot uh-huh. of times that was built out of, that was built on site. Yeah. Um, now you can go to Lowe's and buy those things now. They're styrofoam and put them up. Oh, yeah. And they look, you know, they look the part, but they really aren't the original built-in type from years ago. Yeah. And then you see the wood ceilings, a tongue and groove, um, maybe a knotty pine or a um, a one by material tongue, you know, tongue and groove type stuff. Yeah, um, that could be a varying width. And um, of course, if you have an outside sunroom that may have a lot of humidity uh, for plants or a hot tub out there, you might be using vinyl siding for your ceiling. Oh yeah, if it's more of an outdoorsy type of sunroom. Um, and I'm sure I'm missing quite a few other things. You know, commercial settings that come in all, all uh, types of materials. I saw. Uh, I, I think you just mentioned it, but I saw a ceiling that looked like the inverted an inverted lemon meringue pie. That it was uh, fluffy. It wasn't fluffy. It just looked like it. And I think that's what you were talking about just a moment ago. That it's. It's a popcorn ceiling, but it's to the extreme. Oh yeah, yeah. There's hand done, hand done. Yeah, you know the ceilings, the the popcorn ceilings are sprayed on. Yeah, and um, we use hoppers and air compression to to spray this wet material on to get that. And you find where if someone's had a leak or try to do a repair, and they take a brush and they try to stipple it on, or they buy these one little cans. Sometimes these repair uh, repair cans you can yeah. buy to spray up. Um, to try to patch it, and never looks the same because um, this is a random install uh, application, and typically you have to do the whole room at once right. to get it to look properly. So we've done a lot of that for the last 30 years, so we can come in and make it look like it never happened. But it is a big project. What you have to do is you have to scrape the texture down. right? Um, and we don't, like, take it down to the bare flat unless that's what someone wants, and there's some different alternatives for that, and it depends on how well it's applied, but you basically scrape off the rough stuff. Everything's wrapped in plastic on the walls and the floor. Yeah. All the breakables are out of the room. Once you've scraped the ceiling and knocked off the, the thicker chunks, uh, then you uh, must prime the ceiling. And this is my, this is the way I do it, and right. this is what I've learned over the years. And I learned this a long time ago because, you know, we, we made a few errors and it costs us to fix those uh, but you want to prime the ceiling and then once you prime the ceiling you may need to spot prime it here and there a little bit and then you paint the ceiling 
and then you paint the ceiling again, and then you spray the ceiling. If you don't prime it and then put two coats of finish uh, ceiling paint on it before you spray it, uh, a lot of times the yellowing will come through or discoloration, and uh, it's also an adhering type of uh, mechanism as well. So we find it better after we've scraped to prime the ceiling and then to put two coats of ceiling white paint on it and then spray the ceiling. I've always heard people say about priming, you know, the question always is, with people who are doing the work themselves, gosh, do I have to prime it? Because that sounds like I'm painting it twice because I'm putting down primer and then I'm painting. Well, the reason you want to prime the ceiling, um, you don't always have to use primers inside. Uh Primers are very important outside, but inside they're not always important. It just depends on how you're, what you're coating or painting. Yeah. Um, um, ceilings are important because a lot of times if you're redoing a ceiling, it's because there's been a roof leak or a plumbing leak or maybe smoke damage from someone that smoked in the house for 30 or 40 years. And, uh, you know, the primer helps lock that in. A lot of the modern primers have shellac bases and uh, another type of uh, uh basically penetrating that, that blocks. It's like a blocker. Uh-huh. So not only is it an adhere, but it's actually a sealer blocker that stops the stain from bleeding through again. But again, you want to use two coats of sealing white paint on that. Right. Anyways, because you want to make sure that you've done it right. You're spending a lot of money to do it right, and you might as well make sure it's right. All right, we're talking ceilings today. Call us up. Get on the radio, 919 919- Eight six zero nine seven eight three. This is making your home great on the radio till four today. News Radio six eighty WPTF. News Radio six eighty WPTF. Making your home great. Dave Alexander along with Tim Peruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. We are here to talk about stuff you want to talk about. Your home. 919-860-9783. Sometime in today's show, we're going to discuss my experience with the phrase, measure twice and cut once. Because <laughs> apparently, Tim, you're supposed to remind people in that order, measure twice, cut once. Got it. Yeah. I, Good I, rule. I t- well, I took on a project, and it, it turned out moderately well. I, we'll talk about it next hour, because we're talking ceilings here. I've got the popcorn ceiling. I'm not sure I'm happy with the popcorn ceiling. Can I get rid of it? Yes, you can. Um, and by the way, uh, other reasons that you would do redo a, a texture popcorn ceiling would yeah. be the tape sometimes pulls away in the corners or on the ridge lines. Uh, where the wall and the ceilings meet, or sometimes it's the middle of the wall, and they have nothing to do with a plumbing leak or right. a roof leak. Right. And, um, of course, before after you scrape the ceiling, before you've done the things I mentioned earlier, once you scrape down the, the ceiling, um, you may have to come and cut out a, a section of drywall and replace it. And, of course, you've got to tape and finish, and that usually takes two or three uh, trips or or coatings yeah. and yep. have to drive between each coating so I wanted to mention that but yes uh, if you want to go back to a flat ceiling mm-hmm. uh, or get to a flat ceiling uh, obviously there's various considerations but you can try to scrape it down 
um, and wet it and, and steam it and things, but mostly it's a wetting process and just lots of time. Yeah. And uh, then there's repairs usually on the season. But sometimes I've seen this stuff come right off very easy. Um, but it can be deceiving just because it's coming off real easy in one spot because there was a plumbing leak doesn't mean it comes off everywhere else uh, with any ease. Right. Um, most of the time what I suggest to people is just go and put a quarter-inch drywall right over it. Yeah. Go with one of your thinner drywalls, but you would want to take down the moldings. If you've got a crown molding or bed molding up in the room, obviously you want to take down your light fixtures and anything else on the ceiling. Yeah. And then just put this right over it. And um, it would be a whole lot less messy uh, of a way of doing it. And in some cases, people have plaster ceilings, and they've done that as well. Um, instead of it being a texture issue, they just got tired of the plaster because it was cracking a lot. Yep. Maybe it was falling apart in those areas. And then also, in some cases, they've gone, actually gone in and torn out the whole entire ceiling and put new drywall in and maybe addressed the insulation uh, as well if they couldn't access it from above. Yeah. If there was insulation in that scenario. And, some, and you know, Sometimes when you have a room upstairs um, and you don't have insulation between the two ceilings, when you're redoing a ceiling, it might be a good time to install insulation in that ceiling to act as a soundproofer. And there's different types of of, uh, insulation that you can use to help with soundproofing as well as different types of drywall and things. And we've done some of that. That's a good thing because anybody who's ever had a teenager up above and we have, my wife and I have a, not only a, a 20-something up above us, and she turns down the TV, and that's good, but she's got a German Shepherd. And it honestly sounds like we're being invaded uh, when the dog comes off the bed. Yeah. Um, but you're right. That, I, I hadn't thought about, when, in new construction, are they putting insulation between the first floor and the second? No. Really? No, okay. in new construction, they're doing minimum building code in a lot of cases. Yeah, which means, uh, and that's not a, that's not a building code requirement because it's not an exterior wall. Right, that's an interior. That's an interior space. But you know, if, if when we do like a, just to give you a quick example, when yeah. we add a bathroom for somebody or we're doing some modifications, we'll always try to incorporate insulation in that new wall that we build uh, for. a for a bathroom or, or a kitchen or a bedroom, because it is a sound barrier. Uh, right. So it helps, and it doesn't cost that much more to just go ahead and do that. Right. And it's not going to hurt anything at all to do it. There's no issues with condensation or anything with, with putting it in the wall, on the interior wall like that. Yeah. That makes sense. It does make sense. So, so you know, some ceilings... Um, we, we, we're talking about different styles of ceilings. Um, in part of my house, I've got these faux beams. When I bought the house, they were already in the ceiling, so it's a drywall ceiling flat. Yeah. But they have these faux beams that look like they're big 6 by 6s that run across. And some people have real 6 by 6 timber yeah. or 8 by 8 timber running across their ceilings. Uh-huh. In this particular room, that's the style that it is. And, you know, we have skylights. Some of us have skylights in our ceilings. We have various um, can lights and work lights. And there's also what's called a tray ceiling, which is uh, a ceiling that has several different layers. You see that sometimes when you walk into a lobby of a hotel. 
Yeah. They try to make it really nice, or a nice master bedroom might have that where it's a tray ceiling. It has light um, around the perimeter shining up to the higher level. Uh-huh. Oh, that's cool. No, I, I've seen those. Obviously, they're not in any house I can afford, but you've got a what, – what would be that center height? It's f- far greater than eight feet, isn't it? Well, yeah, usually it's another foot or so, I think. I don't yeah. know the exact dimensions. I, I don't really pay attention to that measurement, but it's yeah. about a foot or so, like you said. Yes. Oh, that's good. Sometimes, sometimes more. All right. And, uh, you know, because there's, there's, there's options for people – they got to talk to Tim. Um, Tim, I I don't have the slip of paper with your with your regular number, your nine yeah. to five number. It's What's a, the yeah. nine to five? It's nine one nine six seven six. Yep. Five nine six nine. Six. And the, again, it's nine one nine six seven six fifty nine sixty nine. Right. And then you can also get a hold of us on our websites, uh, handyhelpersremodel.com. That's remodel like remodeling a home. AndyHelpersRemodel.com, yep. and then also, if you want to get our roofing division, it's HighlandRoofingNC.com. So any of those ways you can get a hold of us. And I would suggest to folks to click on that contact tab on the websites, yep. and you'll get you get a very easy you know options to to get to Tim. Paula Fullerton's going to be on next week's show with SoFine Two. And we're going to be talking about decorative options for your home, what's in and what's out. And November 4th, Walt Smith of Raleigh Mold Inspection and Remediation. Those are the next couple of weeks. And I've been trying to get together a number of people who are going to help Mike. Do you recall Mike? I think his name was Mike from last week's show. Uh, I don't think we're going to have his solution today, but we, in some time, the, the fellow who was very angry yeah. at his homeowners association. Oh yeah, um, yeah, About. we're gonna we're gonna untie that. Oh, you're gonna try to get him on. Yeah, we're gonna try to untie his situation best yeah. best we can, and we'll continue well, talking just, ceilings today. Sorry, Tim, go. I've seen many people complain about the situation that he complained about, so I think that's a um, a very big topic. By the way, I wanted to mention to yeah. the listeners that we're going to be talking about skylights and, and chimneys, fireplaces next week. Yeah. Um, and then the following two Saturdays will be decks on the 4th of November and then flat roofs and roof patios. So these are for, you know, if you have a a patio that's is a roof at the same time. So we'll be talking about flat roofs and roof patios um, oh, on yeah. the 11th of uh, November, which is uh, Memorial Day, isn't it? I'm looking. Yeah, I'm looking for the Veterans Day. I'm I'm looking at the calendar right now, and I'm looking forward to the deck thing. In fact, as a special, just a nod to your expertise in decks, I'm going to do nothing, nothing with my deck in terms of repair or painting or remediation until then. What are you doing with your roof, by the way? My roof? I haven't done anything. Yeah, (laughs) I'm done. I mean, Tim, I we haven't touched to anything with my... That. Maybe the second hour we'll talk about that. I've, I've been running into some situations where uh, the, the people have quite obvious damage on their roof and the insurance companies are playing games with them. Oh, no. All right. 
Well, listen, 15 minutes in this hour. If somebody wants to jump in right now, 919-860-9783. Of course, we'll do that or talk about um, what Tim's talking about there with the insurance companies and questionable uh, repairs or questionable approval. Or we'll talk about my story, uh, which involves measure twice and cut once. Uh, 919-860-9783. News Radio 680, WPTF. Thank you, weather forecast. No problem today. Honestly, really nice. And similar for tomorrow. I mean, really, honestly, good weather. With highs today and tomorrow, about 79. Overnight lows in the 50s. Right now it's 76 degrees, real feel 82, more humidity on Monday. It'll be rainy on Tuesday. News Radio 680 WPTF, making your home great. Available to you at 919-860-9783. Tim, just checking over my police blotter from Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. Somebody is wanted by police for stealing blank from Home Depot. Come on, fill in the blank. What do you think they stole from Home Depot in Sault Ste. Marie? What could they have stolen from Home Depot? Home Depot. And it's ironic that it was stolen. It was a home blank system. Alarm. Yes, it was. A home security (laughs) system. They walked off with two security systems. But the good news is the store bought their security system first. You know what I'm saying? They got some beautiful pictures. That's amazing. What I have is the Google sends me everything with Home Depot and Lowe's and all the, any news from around the country. And, uh, that just popped up. That tickled my funny bone. You know what the highest stolen item is from grocery stores? No. From, I guess drug stores and grocery stores. Yeah, what is it? This is what, I don't know if it's recent, I, I, but this is what I heard 10 years ago, and I believe it. Yeah. Preparation H. Oh, man. That's the high, most highly stolen. It's embarrassment. It, yeah, it, it's, it's an embarrassing. You just you would want to just like drop a five on the way out. You know, drop it behind the counter or something. I'm not. <clears throat> it, it's also probably one of the least asked for products. I bet. If I can't find it, ah, I'm just I'm just going somewhere else. All right. So Nine, back, back, yeah. Back to ceilings. Um, yes, sir. You know, please. You see, you know, you a lot of these older. If you go to an old building, maybe in a downtown area, and typically ceilings are very high. Uh-huh. If it's a historical renovation, and you'll see the tin ceiling, the old stamped ceiling up there. Yes. Um, that's something that uh, is another ceiling that people have been doing in their homes here and there, and, and you can buy these reproduction type of products mm-hmm. that you just stick right on the ceiling or that you screw onto the ceiling yeah. um, and panels to get that same look. So somebody might want that in their kitchen or maybe their family room, uh, something like that. So that's another choice. And I went to a home yesterday, and uh, this is a client that's been using us for 30 years. Yeah. And um, she's 92 years old, and... Um, uh, she just had some ceiling work done. She called us out to do some other things for us, uh, for her, and uh, but recently had some ceiling work done that was tied to uh, some insurance work or something. And mm-hmm. she went ahead and did some extra steps. She put a nice piece of molding on her ceiling about a foot from the perimeter 
all the way around to kind of create a an accent or the look of a tray ceiling, if you will. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was kind of nice, and she painted it a different color, so it kind of broke up the ceiling. So it was not at the wall's edge. It was a foot in? It was about a foot in, and she just did the whole perimeter matching the room yeah. and painted it a different color. Um, yeah. It was the same color as the, maybe the, the crown molding, and it broke the ceiling up, and it had a nice look. Yeah. She was, she was excited about it. That's good. That's good. All right, Tim. Um, apparently, this expression, everybody else knew it. I didn't, I, I didn't know it fully. Uh, measure twice and cut once. It doesn't mean measure once, cut it, and then measure it again, apparently. Because what I did is I just made a doghouse. I made a, a doghouse. And as it turns out, there's a little bit of a gap. I built a framework, right? And then I cut sheathing. I cut thin wood panels to be screwed then onto the, onto the framework. Okay. So there's about an eighth of an inch. Um, in fact, the way I found it out was I put a light inside and I looked at it at night and air or light just streams out of this thing. It's just so beautiful, mm-hmm. but it's leaky. Is there a paintable, really thick kind of goo that I can put in the corners, like a caulking well, material? Is this on the? Uh, is this something you want to do from the exterior or the interior? I need to do it on the interior. I don't want interior. my neighbors knowing that there's this much gap. Yeah, but um, well, and then sometimes what people do is they also just put little corner boards on. So if it's a miniature, you know, if it's a doghouse, you can just yeah. put a corner board on the outside. But caulking, yeah, um, is a viable option if I'm understanding what you're describing. Um, it leaks. But, uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> So you just yeah you just have to figure it out. I, I would have thought you would just gone out and bought one of these little vinyl dog houses. I guess yeah, you but you got to pay there. real money for that. You don't understand me, Tim. The it's I, I don't spend money on anything. I went to Habitat for Humanity, and I bought every stick of lumber. And then oh. I it hurt me to go to the regular lumber house and buy uh, fasteners. Drywall screws and things, wood screws to put the thing together. It hurt me <laughs> to pay full price. I'm former Trader Dave. I don't pay full price for anything. In fact, well, the as long la- as you have as long as you have more time than money. Yes, then, you know that can be, and you can learn a lot from trying to do things like that. I remember when I built my first doghouse. Yes, it was a long time oh, ago. Wasn't it? That did was it, my first one. That was my last one. What, did did it leak? Was it like? It you was, probably it built it. It was it was overfilled. Let's say that. Yeah, you gotta watch that. You gotta watch that. I didn't do that. I I went and bought two by twos and things like that. And I I yeah. I'll take it. I'll take a two by four for something like that, and I'll cut it straight down the middle. Yeah. And use both pieces for different applications. I built the one that I built thirty years ago. It was built to last a hundred years. Yeah. That's a good. That's probably a good. You thing. Could, you could barely move it, though. I I understand that. Yes, I do know that. Yeah, I recently considered. I gotta. Do, I gotta finish the floor out, and I'm thinking. Well, I got these two by sixes. I could make the floor out of two by six. They're left over. I got plenty of wood, but I don't think that's a good idea. All right, nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. Jump in here 
on this topic or any topic with your home on making your home great. 919-860-9783. Paula Fullerton next week, and then Walt Smith of Raleigh Mold Inspection and Remediation. And I do want to jump in and throw a shout-out to, oh my gosh, I've lost all my notes, to the Fulton family, Carol and Don and Chris, who were on last week's show of Fairway Home Detailing. And a neat concept they have where you pay monthly and I, people come in and they do a certain number or a certain amount of repair work and a certain amount of maintenance, including carpet stuff, carpet shampooing. I think that's, that's so smart. If they could get like a lawn service and somebody to bring me a soda, I would not even have to leave the couch. Honestly. Do you remember that movie uh, Wally, the little robot space? Yes, robot yes. And everybody, everybody sitting in their lounge chair, being served by everything, and they end up becoming three or four hundred pounds each because we don't want to do anything <laughs> okay. for ourselves. All right, is that a fat joke? I guess Not it is. About you, I guess it is. No, I know what you're saying. Yeah, no. Sometimes you got to get up and get some things done. But I'm, I am all in favor. And these guys, you got this this concept. Fairway home detailing. You know, if you're too busy to do things because you're a lawyer, you're a doctor, or you're somebody else who's really good at that one thing, but you have no talent at all at something else, pick up the phone, call somebody, get that other thing done. That's my my opinion on it. Now, if you're a teacher and a part-time radio guy like me, you can still pick up the phone. You're just not going to have much leftover money at the end of the month. That's just the way I, the way I structured my life. Uh, telephone number for Triangle uh, or for uh, making your home great: nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three. What are our topics for the next couple of weeks, Tim? Well, we're going to be talking about skylights and um, chimneys next week, fireplaces and chimneys and skylights. Yes. Um, and then the following Saturday, we're going to talk about decks, different types of decks and materials to make it out of. And then the following Saturday, we're going to talk about flat roofs and roof patios. Flat roofs and roof patios. Like, roof patio being something that you would walk out of a, of a uh, patio door onto a roof of a home, but it's yeah. actually acting as a patio as well because it's a flat roof. It's got pavers. WPTF. Making your home great. News Radio 680 WPTF. Quick AccuWeather forecast. We jump back into it with Tim Ferruzzi. Uh, the uh, weather today is similar to what you're going to see tomorrow. High near 79. It's not very humid or, uh, at all. There's uh, light winds and just a nice day. Uh, include that for tomorrow. Highs today and tomorrow, 79. Overnight lows in the 50s. Then for Monday, more humid. Mostly cloudy in 74, and then Tuesday it'll rain with a thunderstorm of possibility and a high only up to 70. Right now we are at 76. Real feel of 82. News Radio 680 WPTF. And Tim Ferruzzi joins us from Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing, and we are talking about all sorts of things, including whatever you want to talk about. 919 860 
978-919-8603. Tim, the um, Harvard study just came out. Every year, the uh, it almost seems like it should be a different group. Honestly, Harvard University does a has a Center for Housing Studies, and they give a percentage on the growth in your industry. 7.7% they expect through third quarter of next year. That's not bad. Americans will spend $330 billion on upgrades, replacements, and routine maintenance, all through handy helpers and Highland Residential Roofing. Well, we're going to need some help. <laughs> You're going to have to hire. you got to bring in more people. We gotta bring in just two more guys, and we'll be good. Two more guys, okay. Two more right. guys, whatever it takes. And that's a, that. That actually does bring up a topic we've kind of hinted at it at times around here. Is it uh, is it a difficult market to hire people? Um, you know, it 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 has been over the last thirty years of doing this. I, I've just, okay, uh, I've seen changes in the industry. Finding good qualified trustworthy help in the construction business is the problem and always has been yeah um guys that are really 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 good are hard to find because Mm -hmm. a lot of times um they're they've been with somebody for a while and they're being paid very well or they're Mm -hmm. doing it themselves um and um you know you do get lucky and, and find guys that are willing to stay and and uh, work with you for years and years, and but of course you have to pay a lot of money for those guys, and, yeah. um, and of course then in turn you have to charge for your services uh, right. accordingly. So, um, but yeah, it just uh, this 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 type of industry just in general has the barriers to entry is so low. Mm-hmm. Um, guys can get you know work out of the back of their trunk type of thing, and. Um, of course, you're going to get what you pay for most of the time. You might get lucky and find that that uh, diamond in the rough right. where you can get somebody really cheap, but then uh, and he works just by himself. And um, but the chances are is that won't last long because they'll get so darn busy that um, you know they'll either uh, stop working for you because the prices are going to go up. Mm-hmm. They should probably, and then uh, because the cost of doing business or they end up going out of business because, which has happened most of the time, because they don't know how to run a business because it just gets so busy. For yeah, them. yeah. I, I, my brother used to be out on his own in construction. He, you know, he would be work for one fella and then he'd, he'd basically do side jobs, and he's really good at what he does. He went out on his own, and at some point he just shook his head. He said, "You know what I need is another me." I need somebody who can paint drywall, do a little bit of this, do a little bit of that, and who has an, one skill that I can't find from everybody else. And my brother was a drywall drywall guy, and he he did that as better, as well as anybody. He was the fellow on the stilts. Yep. And you, you get a people don't realize this to do ceilings. You got fellows on skill, stilts. Yep. And. You know, you don't have to be bad at something more than two or three times, right? One guy falling off stilts, that can ruin everybody's day. Yep. Um, and, and the quality of work has got to be up there. 
So I didn't mean to jump and cut you off. No, no, you're you're exactly right. So going back to your brother scenario, at some yeah. point, if you're good at what you do and you're small like that, you yeah. have to become a business if you're going to keep up with the pace. Otherwise, yeah. you end up getting a bad reputation for not being able to 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 get things done. Yeah, and then of course you got to start hiring people, which is a whole other game because you've licenses and insurance and management skills and um, expenses. You know, mm-hmm. investing in, in vehicles and tools and um, processes and systems. And that's the challenge in this business. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, real easy. It's, it's real easy to be real small. Yeah. And it's real easy It's real easy to be big, but that transition, the <clears throat> medium-sized companies have a very difficult time getting from point A to point B right. um, for a certain period of time. Well, it's a different skill, isn't it? Running a business yeah. is not like building a, a you know a, a deck. Yeah, it all comes down to business. Yeah. All right. Telephone number 919-860-9783. You want to jump in and ask a question about what we're chatting about or find a totally different topic, that's okay, too. 919-860-9783. Tim, I have no idea why I tried to say my name in the in the middle of the phone number. I, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, Tim Ferruzzi from Highland uh, Residential Roofing and Handy Helpers and Dave Alexander from Radio. Um, and if you want to talk to Tim about anything that he can do for you and radio doesn't appeal to you, just call him up at 919-676-5969. He might not talk to you right away since he's on the show, which just makes sense. Um, so we talked well, I will, about. I will, I will call you back, and I will email yeah, you back. He will, sure. you know, absolutely. In fact, he's emailed three people back while he's been on the radio just in the last thirteen minutes. That's all I'm telling you, <laughs> to Mister Multitasker. Nine one nine. Yeah. So you remember the storm that came through? Yes. I uh, will switch gears here from please a little bit. And, and, of course, we've seen a lot of ceiling damage with this hailstorm that came through September 2nd and uh, hit uh, Fuquay, Verena, and Willow Springs and some yeah. of the southern portions of Wake County. Yeah. And um, so I've got this one client. I may have mentioned it. We've done some work for him in the past, and he uh, he got hit really hard yeah. with, this, with this hail. He took videos of it. It blew out his daughter's back window of her car. He just got a mm. pool put in and the fence around it with solar lights and all those got blown out. The aluminum fence got dinged up. His his grill, his uh, his uh, furnace system, his pool filter, you name it. His his uh, hardy plank siding got chipped. Yeah, he's got a he's got a shingle roof. Ten years old house, about ten years old. Yeah, they're doing roofs in the neighborhood. Lots of roof activity going on. Yeah. And um, he has a metal roof mixed with uh, a 40-year shingle mixed with some portions of the house with a lifetime shingle being like a grand man or something very, very thick like a trilaminate. So he's got three different types of materials on his roof. That's how intricate his roof is. Yeah. So the adjuster comes out and looks at the work and um, says... Uh, well, you definitely have damage to your 24-gauge metal roof perimeter pieces on the roof. You've got damage to the grill. 
Yeah. But we think you can get a new cover for your grill. The the fence that you put around the pool does have some dings in it, but you can replace that one little rail piece there. And just nickel and diamond the guy to death. And after all this damage, they're saying that he does not have shingle damage. And um, yeah, I, I said, well, we need to take that to the next level. And then, of course, the supervisor that it was run up to said, well, we can't say that you've got damage. Um, you're going to have to hire your own private engineer. So uh, I've called the manufacturer of the shingle, and they said, well, we can't really come out and do that because we just don't do that type of thing. Sure. So we're in the process of calling a, private, a public adjuster, getting a public adjuster over there to take it over. So in some cases, for all you listeners out there that do have problems with your insurance company on occasion, and some insurance companies are better than others, yeah. and some adjusters are better than others, and then you know, feel free to call us or call someone that can help you because you know the insurance companies, they serve a purpose. They do a good job generally. Uh-huh. But as we all know, if they can save a dollar, they will, no matter what they tell you. I've, I've run into adjusters on job sites. Oh, we like to play, pay claims. This is what we do. This is what we're all about. But It's fun. <clears throat> well, <laughs> they claim that they, but, but, but listen, I've been on the phone with these insurance companies. Yeah. And their goal is to not spend as much as, as, as uh, more than needed. Yeah. And uh, I've witnessed it firsthand. So if you have a claim and you're not getting any satisfaction, I'd be happy to take a look at it or call another roofing professional or home improvement professional and have them try to help you with it because yeah. you need to make sure that you're handled right. That's why you have insurance. When they said you need to get an engineer, did it sound like, yeah, what we're going to do is we're going to put up a roadblock that's expensive for you, the homeowner? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, okay, you're going to have to hire somebody at $200 an hour or more to come out and see your house. Most people would fold at that point. Well, and that, when we get back from the break, we'll talk yeah. a little further about that because they, it is a numbers game. Statistically, they know a certain percentage of people are going to take the no yeah. and not pursue it any further. And um, so you got to make sure that you're getting what you're supposed to get. Right. All right. Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing and Eagle Roofing. Telephone number here, 919 860 If the neighbors are all getting new roofs, should you call that number right now and talk to Tim? I think you might. This is Making Your Home Great, News Radio 680, WPTF. News Radio 680, WPTF, AccuWeather Forecast. Sunshine clouds and a high today near 79. Same forecast for tomorrow. It is 76 with a real feel of 82. News Radio 680 WPTF. We are the radio program making your home great. And coming up next week, Paula Fullerton from So Fine 2. And November 4th, Walt Smith of Raleigh Mold Inspection and Remediation. And uh, on today is... Tim Ferruzzi, as he is every week, uh, 2 till 4, every Saturday. News Radio 680 WPTF.
So what do we? Where did we leave that conversation about this? This. Well, first of all, first of all, this fellow's got a grill that got dinged up by the weather, and they think that he can go get a grill top, exactly. and and everything will be fine. I'd find another insurance company right there. Well, yeah, um, and I'm sure that's going to end up being his uh, his end game. But in the meantime, he's got to fight for his rights. Wow. And um, but yeah, it's uh, it's they're really nickeling and diming him, and he pays a lot of money for his insurance. Right. And he's got a nice home. Yep. And now it's come time for there to be a a valid claim. Right. And and he's in law enforcement, by the way. Oh no! And and this is the way they're treating him. But um, so, you know, I'm I'm in the process of assisting him uh, with that, uh, um, you know, stuff. So we've got another client that uh, is in Fuquay as well that was referred to us, and and it's a young couple, and they said, "Hey, Tim, we want an estimate." It came out there was four or five people that looked at the property for him, and yeah. Um, so we gave him an estimate and there was about a 32 or $3,300 disparity between what our estimate was and what the insurance company was giving them. Yeah. And they said, Tim, if you can get the money from the insurance company to do the work, we'd like to use you. Yeah. So I contacted the insurance company and had a conversation with the adjuster of the phone, not the adjuster that came to the house, but mm-hmm. one that sits behind the desk. Yeah. And, um, he was off the bat. He was a little you know, on the defensive, and I just started going through the the quantities and the measurements, and the, mm-hmm. like I said, this is off, and this is off, and we need to do this, and we need to do that. Does that make sense? And um, they finally, you know, and, and talking to him about 20 or 30 minutes, he, he finally said yes. And in fact, I think the client probably could have gotten another $1,000 more than my estimate, but... Um, you know, at that point, what do you do? Do you just start arguing with the, with the insurance company, or do you just say, okay, well, if I can get it done for the price I said I would, yeah. then I'll do it. And that's kind of where we left it. They they did come up $3,200, but I think technically they could have gotten forty two or 4300 mm-hmm. um, But the insurance company decided after he saw my measurements and the disparities, instead of giving the customer 4200 to give them the 3200 which was the price difference between my estimate and the adjuster's estimate. So it shows you right there yeah. that the insurance company doesn't go beyond uh, where they should when they technically should have given the customer another 1000 mm-hmm. Um They went with the, the lesser amount, so it shows you exactly how they operate. Was uh, there error in measurements, materials, or labor? In this particular case, it was, and I've fought for people over many, many years. I think in the last 12 months, I've been able to get people 100000 plus total in, in some of the dealings I've had over the phones, yeah. um, some of them being 10000 mm-hmm. some of them being 2000 or 1500 and anywhere in between. I've even gotten one customer 110000 That was about 10 years ago that wow. they would have not gotten 110000 more than they would have gotten for that particular scenario. But wow. um, in some cases, it is uh, quantities. In some cases, it's material. In some cases, it's things being left out. And you have to be able to read this stuff and understand the business to be able to 
to fight for what you have. A lot of people just take the check and yeah. they just go out and they try to find somebody that'll work within the money they were given, yeah. not knowing that it can't be done right for that price. Right. They just assume that the adjuster's being trustworthy and loyal mm-hmm. to them. And and that's not the case. See so I, and, and people are also brainwashed thinking that they have to go out and get three estimates. Right. You have a right to get one estimate from someone you trust. Right. And then that if that's who you want to use, you have the right to use that person as long as the numbers jive and then you need to have a combat contractor mm-hmm. to be able to justify and work with the insurance company to, to show them why their number's not right. And But you only have to get one estimate. You They've brainwashed us to think that you have to have three estimates. It's not the case. Now, in a case like the Fuquay storm, you've talked about how this individual house had siding damage, clearly from hail that came down, and then tin roof dents. Right, I mean, and and the that's the only pummeled. part of the, the house was the yeah. house was pummeled. His dog it was pummeled. Right, was sitting in the driveway, and the back windshield got blown out by the hail. Is it inconceivable that they wouldn't just say, "Okay, issue number one, roof, a hundred percent," and then move on from there? I mean, well, nobody's going to argue about a roof, are they? Well, most of the time, no. But this particular insurance company, which I will not name, You're good, thank um, you, ha- has has chosen to give this guy a hard time. Yeah, and he's owed um, gutters. He's owed a roof. Yeah, he's owed an entire paint job on the exterior of his home because two mm-hmm. sides of the home have chips on the hardy plank, right, um, on the edges and a few in, in a few different areas where the the hardy plank has actually been chipped off, so the whole house has to be painted. Um, mm-hmm. He's got deck damage, not as much because it's a composite deck. Um, of course, his pool didn't get a lot of damage, but the fence around his pool up on the on the deck area is a new aluminum fence because he just had the deck put in this past summer, or right. maybe it was a year ago, I don't remember, but recent. Right. And the aluminum four-foot-high deck uh, fence that goes around this pool has dents in it. Right. Uh, the grill was damaged. His solar, he has these little solar lights that are on top of the PVC uh, um, fence around the deck as well. Right. He's got aluminum and PVC in some locations. Those little light um, solar panels that are only like four inches by four inches, yeah. they were damaged by hail. And the list goes on. All right. We're going to we're going to talk about some of the things that we're going to talk about in future weeks, and I want to follow up on something that Tim just brought up. It's composite deck material. I want to get his opinion on that. And if you want to get his opinion on your project or anything you're taking care of or at your house, 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. This radio show is... Making Your Home Great, News Radio 680, WPTF and WPTF.com. News Radio 680, WPTF, Making Your Home Great. 
Telephone number 919-860-9783. 919-860-9783. Call right now. We'll get you on the air very, very quickly. Next week, Paula Fullerton of So, so Fine 2. And we uh, have got some good shows coming up in the next couple of weeks. Right now, we are just talking Tim and I, so we'd love to hear from you. 919-860-9783. You mentioned composite deck material. Now, I've got a deck that has seen its better days. But I happen to know, Tim, that the only thing wrong is the, the physically wrong is the deck boards, or are the deck boards. Right. Okay. Now, they're, what, what I found was neat when I really took a look at them and said, you know, what am I going to do to replace them? They're all, the each one, I don't know how many feet they are, maybe 16 feet. But what was installed was one piece of wood, you know, left to right, if that makes sense, any sense to anybody else. Mm-hmm. There's no cuts in it. So theoretically, I can go out and I, I get a piece of wood at least that big or bigger, cut it in place, put it in there, I'm done. Can I get this composite material to put right next to the wood of the handrails and everything else, and will it look good? Well, um, that's a loaded question, but... Um, well, I'm a loaded guy. Well, ideally, if you're going to do composite yeah. boards... Yeah, you would want to do the rails in the same type of material. Okay. In those cases, of course, that's when it gets really expensive. So, yeah, um, the skeleton below can stay wood lumber as it is if it's in good shape, structurally yeah. sound. But uh, um, typically, when you do a composite um, floor decking, you would want to do the rails and the posts and and all uh, with the same material. And that gets very expensive. Yes, sir. Okay. Yeah. So All right. I got my answer. Yeah. Boy, I got my answer. Because that that's going to take me. That's going to take me a day. But nothing more. Well, well some people well, taking it up is going to take you a little bit of time too. Yes, you're right. Um, so that's not as easy as you think it is. That's a pretty big task. Um, well, they've all but, come uh, unnailed, so it's really not as hard as you think. <laughs> They're not not nailed anymore. So, you know, those those are going to come up in 10 minutes. How high off the ground is it? Uh, Not very. You know, standard four steps, maybe. Yeah, yeah. So so that's that's easier. But I went out and looked at one the other day, and the fella had uh, put new decking boards on uh, six, seven years ago. Yeah. And then then he stained it. And uh, he left the old handrails, and he just stained the the tongue the um, the bullnose decking. It's a five quarter by six. Uh huh. And basically, what that means is five quarter inches thick, and it's six inches wide, and it's got a bullnose decking, which means it's rounded on the two sides. And yeah. Yeah. I think his are about fourteen feet long. So he wants to. Re- he, he was calling me to to possibly sand down his deck and. Um, restaining it because he's got the stain coming up in different areas and he's got the old wood mixed with the new wood and, yeah. and looking at it I said like I said the best thing to do here is just pull the decking boards back off and um, put new ones down as well as the replace these handrails because they're in really bad shape yeah 
because he's trying to get it maintenance-free, and what he found is when he did what he did five or six years ago that he's kind of opened up a can of worms and yep. got mismatching and peeling, and and so he's either better off letting the, the peeling continue for the next 10 years and then kind of start <laughs> from scratch or to just pull everything off and leave the skeleton there and then put all new um, treated wood or yeah. composite if he decides to spend you know, five times as much money um, yeah. on the handrails and things. Because uh, that's where the composite material gets really expensive is when you start doing the handrail part of it. They they kind of screw you in with the decking material. Yes. But it's the other stuff that they really, um, really gets expensive, really expensive. I totally so, get that. I totally get that. Yeah. So um, there's Does a chemistry. There, yeah, you did. You did. I'm, yeah. I'm, I, but you kind of halfway confused me with this bullnose thing. Um, that the pieces of wood have rounded edges. That's called bullnose. Bullnose is that the? I'm not sure that I've got that. I don't think I have. Maybe I've got it, and I don't a, notice you it. A, you may you may have a two by six. Two by six, which which just has the ninety degree, the, just the angle, the straight turn. But yeah. most decks, yeah, um, most decks have a bullnose decking board, but some okay. do have two by sixes, like yours may have. Okay. Or, or I'm not really very observant. There's a chemistry to what you put down on these things. And don't you have to know what was already put down in order to choose what kind of finishing material, what kind of... Um... Oh, yes, for sure. And that's what happened to this gentleman is um, there was something already down and he put something else and it, it just turned into a, a nightmare. Yeah. And... Um, so he's having to redo it, and um, so yes, there is there is a chemistry to it. And my view, personally, and yeah. and people would probably say they've got their own view. Um, they don't like that view, but when I do a, a treated <laughs> deck, my goal is to try to leave it alone, and leave it as natural as possible, just let it weather normally, and just keep it maintained and cleaned. Yeah. When you start painting and you start staining that thing. Yeah, um, you're asking for work, um, future work. Yeah, especially when you start painting it. Um, staining is not so bad as long as it's a semi-transparent stain that actually soaks in. But you mm-hmm. gotta let make sure that it cures, that the uh, deck dries out and cures for a period of time, preferably six months before you decide to do a stain treatment. And yeah. then the other choice is to just go in with a sealer. Which mm-hmm. Some of them are colored sealers, like a CWFUV made by Flood, and that is a sealer that has a stain built into it, and uh, that um, can be a nice look, and it will actually hold as well, but again, make sure you're not doing it right after you install a new deck. Yeah. You want it to dry out and, and, and acclimate and get weathered before you start doing that, and if you wait too long, you got to clean it first, and then do that type of a sealer. And you see sometimes in some of these older decks, and I've got a friend that's in the business of just um, refinishing decks and fences all the time, Yeah, and uh, that's his specialty. And we do that too, but he does it a lot. And um, he'll go to a house that maybe has a 30-year-old deck, clean it really good, and um, maybe replace a few decking boards and then seal it with a, a, a stain it with a, like a cedar color stain, like a redwood, mm-hmm. and um, looks a whole lot better. I see people do that a lot when they're 
getting ready to sell a property, um, or when they just want to spruce it up because they've ignored it so long and they don't want to spend money um, replacing the deck. And in some cases, it does well and it looks good. Yeah. I have seen in the home improvement stores, and I think this must be in recognition of fellas like me who haven't done anything with those decks in a while, and they've, they've deteriorated a little bit. They perhaps lost some of the uh, the good look of the original wood. They've got this material they put down, and I think it's like a thicker-than-thick paint. It is the yep. thickest, and I hate the color of it, honestly. It's sort of this gray chocolatey. Like a candy bar mixed with battleship gray, and it uh, I don't I don't like it, but you can tell exactly what they're trying to do. It's to cover up an imperfect looking piece of wood that maybe well, it's like it's like foundation on a on a on a person's face. You know, you're right. covering up all the, the 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 wrinkles and the yep the uh, gaps there, and then. Um, yeah, you know, I've, I've seen that product installed, and uh, uh, interestingly, I think it does it does seem to stick. Yeah. Uh, most of the time, though, when I look at it, I'm not impressed with the finished product. Yeah. Um, usually because the people let their deck go way too far before they put this on, and they yes. thought it was uh, they're looking for the miracle fix, and yep. there is no miracle fix. Right. You either do it right or you do it wrong, and um, so. But I've seen the product you're talking about. I think generally it does stick. Yes, uh, it's usually misapplied. Uh, it looks choppy, and um, it's been put on a really bad substrate, so then it, it even looks worse. But um, I think generally speaking, that product does stick and adhere. Yeah, from what I'm seeing. Yeah. Oh, I believe it sticks. I know exactly what they did is they they manufactured a chemical to put down that would fill in minor imperfections. Yeah, it's a it's almost like a liquid caulking. You're right, will. right. And and um, and as long as you've cleaned the surface, uh, it will stick. You mentioned that you have a thought about decks, and other people might totally disagree with you. Is this well, like the kind of thing at, at dinner parties people talk about deck stain? Well, deck stain or painting. I mean, when you yeah. start taking treated wood yeah. and coating it with a stain or a, or a paint, especially a paint or an opaque stain, uh-huh. you're asking for maintenance. Yeah. Um, so it, it, I've got this white picket fence around my yard in my backyard. Yeah. And, uh, it was there when I bought the house back yeah. uh in, in 04, 03, and uh, it's a treated wood fence, which is great, and it was painted white. Yeah. Well, you know, it probably looked good for a while, but it needs painting again. But you, you're talking about an exercise of labor? Yes. That's a lot of work going yep. out there and, and painting that four-foot fence all the way around. Yeah, and that's I And it's not going to happen by me. It's good. <laughs> you're going to hire somebody. Well, no, I'm going to let it continue to peel. Oh, okay. All right, that's fine. In my opinion, it should have never been painted in the first place. There's a horse farm on US 50. Uh, if, you're have, if you're traveling south on Creedmoor Road, it's on the right. And their fence is green or starting to get green. Well, there might be a mile and a half of fencing there. 
I'm not coming out there with with a towel and some bleach either. I mean no criticism of the people who own it. I don't. I wouldn't want to do it either. But you're right. There's a lot of you want to think about labor beyond it. All right. Thank you. Well, he he solved my problem. He's going to solve my problem about my skylight situation and uh, and such. I just googled some skylights and I can get them pretty inexpensively. Should I go up on the roof with a circular saw? Probably not. But we'll talk about that because we're, you know, that's our plan for the next couple of weeks um, on making your home great. Telephone number here, 919-860-9783. News Radio 680 WPTF. Very weird. Very weird thing just happened. On my phone, when I search for something, I punch a little microphone and then I speak into the phone. I clicked it and it heard the sound of the radio and it searched for Grout Medic. It was very cool. All right, telephone number on making your home great, 919-860-9783. Dave Alexander along with Tim Ferruzzi of Handy Helpers and Highland Residential Roofing and Eagle Roofing. I forgot about the third company there, Tim. That's our commercial division. And we're also, you know, we're also in the gutter business. We have a gutter company and we do dry sealed crawl spaces as well. So we have a, they're all interrelated, but they're separate LLCs because they serve different markets. Right. Uh, sometimes the same client, but um, um, it allows us to, to penetrate into more of the marketplace because we specialize in those particular facets within those businesses as well. As we like to say, if you're within the sound of our voice, and you are, Tim Ferruzzi is worth the phone call at 919-676-5969 because if you're hearing Tim, it's worth a phone call because he might service your area, even though you're you're not right next to my radio station here. Uh, Robert in Fuquay, Verena's got a question about roof and storm damage. How you doing, Robert? Yes, sir. Uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Afternoon. Uh, I live in Fuquay, and we had the big hail damage and all yes. that, right? Yes. And so I had my roof replaced, and when the... Mind you, I'm in a one-year-old home. It's a uh, track home. Yeah. But anyways, so when I had it replaced, the valley where we have the screen and porch leading to the house. Yes. The sheathing wasn't even connected. It was like I four inches or four and a half inches wide. And the builder just put... Uh, Tar paper and shingled right over it. So I paid to have that fixed. Luckily, that didn't leak. But so I was going to ask Tim, Dave, or Dave, I was going to ask Tim, um, uh, do I have any recourse with the builder? How old is your house, Robert? It is, we've been here 18 months. So it's an 18-month-old home? Yes. Well, I would think so. Um, Being in the building business, remodeling business, if a customer has any problem with my work, 
Uh, I've always encouraged them to call me. I want to stand behind my work. And if they think I did something wrong 20 years ago, I want to come see it. And uh, if it's something that is related to something I did, I definitely want to fix it because I want to continue to service them and and their friends. And So I would think if he's building you a house that um, that would be something that should be addressed. I don't think even should... know how it passed inspection like that. Would you not think it wouldn't have? Well, and I'm not 100% sure of exactly what you're describing. Okay, but we have a screened-in porch yep. coming off the main room in the house in yep. the valley, right? Right. I could put my whole hand through the gap where okay. there was no wood. The sheathing was not there, like they sawed it wrong or something, and they just yep. sheetrocked, or, or they didn't. They tar papered and just shingled right over that hole. Right, right, right. Yeah, I mean, I would. I mean, that's so. I had to pay extra from for the our guys that I had to fix yep. that. Yeah, yeah, and I would think that um, a good builder would definitely. Uh, you know, entertain any conversation you have with them about that and, and, and should reimburse you. Or uh, and I'm not going to tell you our, our contractor's name. Thank or, you. Could, could I? But uh, they were unwilling to work with me. Oh. You well, have, wait a minute, Robert, do you have photographs of it? And do you have the access to the insurance people who came and looked at the thing? Uh-huh. And I actually had the repair made myself. Yes. But the contractor or the builder was unwilling to work with me. Robert, uh, are we talking hundreds or thousands? It was probably near a thousand. Yeah. Mm. I think he's out of yeah. small claims court area. I mean, I would, I would say that, uh, you know, they should have addressed that or they should have, you know, I know when you're in the middle of that and getting it done, you probably didn't realize there was an issue until it was torn off. So you couldn't really call them, but pictures could have been taken. Maybe you could email them at that point or call them at that point while it was being done. Cause these guys would have to fix it cause they're on the job site and you've got your roof open. But right. I would think that a good builder should address that. But I if your plight is being heard, uh, by me, by many people um, of this kind of thing, where you know, they, I they, just wonder they just if it going. happens a lot. Well, years ago, years ago, people would get ten-year warranties on their homes, uh, brand new home. I know there's some builders that give ten-year warranties, and uh, but it seems to me like they've gone the other direction now and not giving out those kind of warranties. I'm not sure. I guess it depends on the builder if they're a custom builder. Or smaller builder versus these big, you know, fast track neighborhoods that are being done by the bigger guys. So, yeah, it's a hard question to answer, but I would think good business would be, you know, address any issues that you've caused from bad construction. I'm going to give Robert some unsolicited advice because what do I know? Robert, write it up and send a letter to the builder, return receipt requested. Dave Alexander would put in a self-addressed stamped envelope. I really would. I would because 
Paperwork is much better than over the phone. That's, that's all I'm saying. Robert, thanks for calling. Stephen in Raleigh has got a question or a comment about deck stains. Stephen, how are you? Hey, I'm doing great. Good. What's um, up? Okay, I've got a rental house that has wooden steps going to an outside door, and I bleach it once a year, clean it, pressure wash it, and have not had an issue with it being slippery. But from a liability standpoint, I'd like to do something just to ensure that it doesn't get slippery when it's wet. And I looked at some paints that have an abrasive in there, but the problem with that was it was it's going to be hard to match it up with the rest of the wood, and it didn't really seem that abrasive. But I have seen some product that you can mix in with paint or stains and brush on, and I wondered if that would be better because I wouldn't have to match the paint and I could put the amount of abrasive in there that I felt was necessary to ensure that it wasn't slippery. Yeah, I think that um, the product that Dave was talking about earlier, um, that I think you can buy at different stores, that has a um, some kind of a resistance to it already, and then you can add some sand or product that they sell over in the paint areas to that, and I would think that would be your best solution. Yeah. Okay. It's an elastomeric well, type of material. It's a very thick elastomeric, and and as long as you've prepped it properly and keep it up like you you've done, you put it yeah. down and just add your abrasion to it. It should be fine. You mix it in before you apply, it or do you sprinkle it? Yes, sir. On? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, you mix okay. it in before you apply it, and uh, you okay. can add as much as you think and just test it with your thumb and you know with your na- your fingers and see how if it's gritty enough for you. Yep. Stephen, thanks a lot for calling. I appreciate it. This is Making Your Home Great. Tim, what's our next week topic? Is it chimneys and skylights? Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Uh, we other fellow had another question. But, yes, um, our next uh, topic next week is uh, skylights and uh, chimneys. Very good. All right. The radio show is called... Making Your Home Great. Also on next week's show, Paula Fullerton of So Fine 2. Details on this uh, next week's show will be 2 o'clock next Saturday on WPTF.